Bloody Elbow presents another exclusive fighter interview. Our crack team of professional MMA interviewers include Steffi Haynes, Eddie Mercado, Victor Rodriguez, and other fight analysts from BloodyElbow.com. We bring you interviews with renowned combat sports fighters, notable figures from the entertainment side of the community, and combat sports insiders. Be sure to subscribe at BloodyElbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at BloodyElbowPodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. Thanks for listening. Bloody Elbow podcasts are proud to be sponsored by RevGear. They've been a pioneer in the industry and have grown into a formidable brand and true leader in the MMA gear market. Bloody Elbow listeners get 20% off. Go to RevGear.com slash Bloody Elbow email sign up. Uh, I am joined by former WEC lightweight champion, former UFC lightweight champion, professional boxer, entrepreneur, all-around combat sports legend, Anthony Showtime Pettis. How are you, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for being here. Big big things going on in the Pettis world. Uh, yes. You just signed on with Karate Combat, taking on Benson Henderson for a trilogy match. KC43 is going down December 15th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, of all things Karate Combat, I did not expect to see Anthony Pettis <laughs> and I did not expect to see Benson Henderson in a trilogy match. So how in the world did this come to be? I think behind the scenes, man, they, they hired their new president. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that just uh, understands the the, the 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 playing field of martial mixed martial arts. I mean, what he has one of the best gyms right now with the goat shed, you know, and his, his promoting skills of just his gym alone is crazy. So, uh, you know, I think him, he had the idea. And then, you know, he reached out. He had a couple guys in the back, background. Dean Tools, a good, a good friend of mine. Um, they bought they bought the idea over to me, and I said, I love it. You know, it was like one of those, I'm a free agent. You know, I can, I'm allowed to do karate combat. I'm allowed to box. I'm allowed to, you know, do my PFL, MMA fighting. Um, so it was just one of those perfect opportunities. And it was in my hometown, well, my new hometown of Las Vegas against Benson Henderson. I was like, yo, I can't say no to that. Yeah, and you, you really are just, turning into a combat sports legend. I mean, you're doing the pro boxing, like Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, only Not only did you box Roy Jones Jr., you beat Roy Jones Jr. Like, how surreal was that moment? That was insane, you know, because, like, I grew up watching Roy Jones. You know, Roy Jones beat uh, uh, Trinidad, and, you know, all of us in in Puerto Rico, like, all the Puerto Rican people was like, man, thank you so much for beating Roy. I'm like, yeah, he was a little older, but, you know, I I did it. But, um, you know, the the... Just thinking of that, I'm like, man, I was in my hometown beating a guy like Roy Jones Jr., like a legend of, of boxing. And, you know, the opportunity that came my way, you know, just because of what I've done in my mixed martial arts career, you know, because Roy, Roy fought Mike Tyson before me. And I'm like, yo, there's no way I'm going to knock this guy out. So let me get smart and use my boxing and my footwork. And I, I played it perfectly, bro. I think I, you know, I fought him at 200 pounds too. And I usually fight, you know, my highest weight class is 170. So mm. I was already out of weight class. Um, with two, three weight classes up. And, uh, you know, a guy like Roy Jones with all the experience he had was, it was huge. Did you like not having to cut all that weight though? Oh man, that was the best, bro. Like I literally, I, I was gaining weight. You know, I got to, I got to lift that whole training camp. I was lifting weights. Um, I'm saying I like people going for like beach muscles, but like I could, I could lift and like get my my body feeling good. Because when I do, when I do strength and conditioning, 
four times a week, I feel the best. Like I, my body feels the best. So then once I'm cutting weight, I got to pull it back, you know, two times a week or one right. time a week, cardio base, then all the injuries hurt and everything feels different. So yeah, I've, I felt great during that, that camp. So what weight are you and Bendo fighting at? 171. One second. Okay, sweet. Awesome. Okay. It's 170 catch weight because there, there's is a 165 weight class. But yeah, he wanted that 170. I was up for either one. I'm like, yeah, I could make because I plan on boxing at 168 for my next one. So I was like, that's already online to, to cut that weight. So that's a perfect, perfect weight for me. Uh, awesome. Do you have an opponent already for that boxing match? I can't announce it yet, but yeah, it will be announced. Okay. It's, announced in, it's after, in the uh, yeah, after the combat. Yep. That's so exciting. Uh, well, on that Roy Jones card, um, Jose Aldo, he was on the undercard and he was yep. boxing and he was around back in the WEC days, cutting his teeth alongside of you. Um, was there ever a moment in, in the back in the UFC days where an opportunity to face each other came up? Yeah, we actually we were going to fight. Yeah. So like I, I was just I just beat uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, but Ben Henderson was uh, fighting TJ Grant in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I would have had to wait for that fight to happen. So I'm like, yo, I called out, I call out Jose Aldo. I just text data. And I was like, hey, bro, I could beat Jose. I could beat Aldo. I think that was the exact text. Like, he's good, but I could beat him. And that set that whole thing up. So I, I fly out to Brazil to go do the press conference. We square off. We do everything. And I rolled with uh, Phil Davis at my coach, uh, Diego uh, Diego Morales. I mean, Marias. Diego Marias' gym out in uh, Brazil. And I put uh, Phil in, like, this weird, like, knee bar, like, kind of a capsizer. But he just straightened his leg out, tore my my LCL, and I got pulled out that fight, man. So I was I was gonna be one of the first guys. I was like the first guy that bought up the double champ thing. Like I was, I, I moved down to 145 to fight Jose Aldo, and then I was gonna move back up to fight Ben Henderson as that champ. But yeah, it didn't happen. Um, God's plan, and you know Jose Aldo, all respect to that guy, bro. Like he's one of those guys that's pioneered the sport. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing him. I'm, I love that he got to box. Also, that's huge. You know, the paydays are there. I'm like, you guys are legends. Like. I want I want nothing but what the and he was young too, you know. He 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 did everything like me. Like we did a lot of stuff in this sport at a young age. So like you know, he, I think he's only 36, my same age as me, 35, 36. So uh, you know, there's there's still there's still uh, gas in our tank and we still we still love the competition. Yeah, I love it. And as someone who's been following you guys' career since back then, I mean it's it's just cool to see. Like I, I love it when y'all are in those kind of matchups. It's it's really yeah. fun for me. Um and again, like Aldo was around WEC and the UFC bought them, right? And so you guys were absorbed into the UFC and PFL just announced that they bought Bellator where yeah. your brother Sergio competes. Um, so do you have any advice for him and maybe other Bellator fighters who, uh, since you've been through an absorbment and you know what it's like, can you, you have any advice for those guys that are going through it now? Yeah, it's a little. It's gonna be a little different because like when the uh, UFC and WC merged, the UFC already owned the WC, but they just that was their lighter weight classes because UFC only had all the way down to lightweight. They didn't have 45, uh, 35, 25. So when they merged, my my weight class was the only one that crossed over the lightweight division. So I was supposed to fight the winner of Frank Yeager and Gray Maynard as the champ of the UFC uh, WC. And they fought to a draw, and that's why that, that fight never happened. And then I ended up fighting Clay Guida. I lost. Benson Henderson worked his way up to a title shot. I worked my way up to a title shot, and then that's how the the whole thing, the whole platform laid out. Whereas now in the Bellator PFL merger, um, 
it's a totally different format. I think what they're going to be doing too is running Bellator as a separate promotion for the next two years, like they said, and mm -hmm. still have their fights, but have like crossover pay-per-view fights where, you know, the Bellator fight fights a UFC, a, a PFL champion, uh, Francis Ngannou is going to be fighting somebody, you know, as well. So there's a lot of fun stuff that they could do, but what they did smart was they control a, a big part of the roster now, you know, by them that, they have a huge roster that they get to, they get to build with and, you know, PFL spending a lot of money as well. And do you think it's it's better for the sport for Bellator and PFL to be under one roof, or do you think it's better if they're separate entities? Or what's better? I mean, it just depend, depends on it depends on what the what the Bellator was going to do. Because I know HBO just got out of boxing. Now Showtime's out of combat sports, so it's like that. They really didn't have a home, and PFL is building strong. They're with ESPN, so I think um you know it, it helps that brand bring together. Um, as far as for the athletes. I mean, PFL's here to stay. Like they're not, they're not here. They're not spending the money for no reason. Like they, they, they have, they have plans on staying, and they plan on building. They want to be. They don't. They're not even saying like even Don, Don, Don uh, Davis did an interview with Ariel Hawani, and he wasn't saying like, hey, we're trying to build past the UFC. He was like, we're trying to be on the same playing field. When people talk about the the mega the mega uh, giants in uh, MMA sports promotions, they're gonna talk about both of us, you know. And I was like, that's that's awesome, you know. So he's they they have they're gonna have to spend money to get to, to catch up to the UFC because the UFC controls the whole market right now but it's interesting to see how it works to access the bonus content of this show you must be a paid subscriber to do that go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.